Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. On today's show is Nick Cunningham. Nick is a three-time Olympian with Team USA bobsled, and he competed in the 2010, 2014, and 2018 games. We cover his career, but the focus of this show is his role as recruiting coordinator for Team USA bobsled. Whether you're a power athlete that's interested in pursuing an Olympic career in your own sport or possibly a different sport like bobsled or skeleton, or just a fan of all things athletics, you'll enjoy this one. Here we go. Welcome to the Athletic Experience with your host, Tom Fitzsimons. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 069 with Nick Cunningham, the recruiting coordinator for Team USA and Bobsled. Uh, Nick, thanks for joining. Thank you. So Nick Cunningham, he is a three-time Olympian for Team USA in the bobsled. He was on the four-man and the two-man sled in three Olympic Games. That was in 2010, 2014, and 2018. Prior to that, he was a sprinter at Boise State. And what we're covering mostly today in the episode is how his role right now with USA Bobsled as the recruiting director. What we're going to cover is Nick's story, how he got into bobsledding himself, um, recruiting coordinator right now, what he does on the day-to-day and what the big picture is um, when recruiting for Team USA Bobsled and Skeleton, how interested athletes can get involved and exposed to bobsled, and then some success stories within Team USA Bobsled that he knows of personally and then has heard of, um, and then any news and updates, anything relevant to Team USA Bobsled uh, now going forward into the next Olympic game. So, so Nick, let's just start off with your your introduction to bobsled nobody grows up at three years old saying i'm going to push a sled one day and i, I at least i don't think in america right now but you, you <laughs> not st- at all <laughs> you started off as a track athlete let's go yeah your your athletic background into how you became a three-time olympian yeah so so my background is is pretty similar to a lot of other a lot of other bobsled and skeleton athletes to be honest it's it's we all stumbled upon this sport generally either in the middle of our collegiate careers or after our collegiate career has already kind of expired. Um, and it's, it's really a unique thing to think that you can go to the Olympic games after picking up a sport after college, you know, it's just, it's just not something that we think of as especially a track and field athlete. It's something that you do your whole life. You know, you're not going to just pick up track and field as a swimmer after college and all of a sudden be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go run track and go to the Olympics. Like it's just not like that. But Boston Skeleton, it is like that, and and you know I was I was extremely skeptical, um, but it was it was really started off for me as a as a family joke to be honest. Um, I was I was a track athlete at UC Santa Barbara, and as we were just going on a Sunday drive with my with my parents down the mountain towards campus, my mom casually said, "Hey, look at the road. It looks like a bobsled track." And my dad's like, yeah, you're fast. You should try out for the bobsled team. And that was it. That was the family joke. That was, we, I, I grew up in Monterey, California. I grew up surfing. You know, I grew up playing yeah. football. I grew up running track. It, it's, we didn't go to the snow. <laughs> it just isn't a thing. It doesn't get below 50 here. Um, and so that was, that was really it. I just, 
I mean, I was a freshman in college. It just turned into that family. If I had a bad track meet, all I would ever say is, well, there's always bobsled after this. And that's, that's really the reality of it was for me until I, I eventually transferred schools and uh, I transferred up to, to Boise State. And once I graduated, it, it kind of came into a what do I do now moment. You know, if, if you're not winning national championships, you're not really in, in the scheme of things when you start looking at the track and field Olympic Games. I mean, granted, that's all, that's all we all want, you know, as a track and field athlete, that's, that's our main goal. But there's a lot of very, very talented world-class athletes that don't go to the Olympic Games. Oh, yeah. um, and, and so, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of athletes out there that are top-tier studs, you know, men and women that are just complete studs in the sport. That, that can that can compete on the international stage, but just just aren't there. You know, just they're one little bit below. Um, and so I started applying for jobs, and w- once I kind of sat there and it was like, well, I, I'm a big advocate of of going outside the box, and I I just eventually decided that this is going to be my graduation gift to myself. I'm going to fly myself to New York to Lake Placid off in the Adirondack Mountains, never never been in New York in, in my life, and I'm going to go to an open combine. I'm going to go to an open tryout to a sport I've never even thought of. I've, I, I've watched it on, uh, at, you know, in the Olympics. And I, I went and I tried out, and 18 months later, I was walking into my first Olympic Games in Vancouver. Crazy. No, <laughs> Absolutely is- crazy. It is crazy. It's like you're obviously preparing for bobsled re- related activities in terms of being a sprinter and you're lifting and you're a power athlete running like Absolutely. the one and two. You're not doing the four, the eight. It's not like long jump where like you're trying to keep a minimal weight. It's maximal power here. But like you said, that 18 month window, it's still a quick crossover when it's you're training for track and then going to bobsled in 18 months. That's a, like you said, a very quick turnaround. What, what were some of the, uh, the issues and challenges throughout that 18 months and then what kind of, I don't want to say fall into place. I'm sure you're working really hard, but what, what made it happen and what was some things that held you back? Yeah. So, so for me, my biggest flaw was my size. You know, I, I, I graduated college at 162 pounds. You know, I was a 162 pound sprinter. Um, not a 225, 230 pound bobsledder. So, so that was, that was kind of my biggest kind of challenge, you know, not to, not to get cheesy, but that was my biggest hurdle, no pun intended to, uh, you know, to, to kind of become a a member of the sport. I actually went out for skeleton. (laughs) I I actually went to Lake Placid to try out for the skeleton team because that's more my size. You know, it was more skeleton athletes are a little bit smaller, a little bit more on that we get guys that are 150 to kind of 185 ish. Those are, are typically our skeleton guys. Um, so it's a big window. And if you know, you're a 135 guy, we can get you to a 150 if you're 150, we get you 170. So it's, you know, it, it's where, where we're at now is, is not where we're going to be. So, so that's kind of the biggest, the biggest thing is if, if you're not a 225 pound sprinter, neither was I, you know, I was a 165 pound guy. And, and I worked and I worked myself out and I found ways and my caloric intake went way up and I competed at my first Olympics 18 months later at 205 pounds. So 
there are ways to do it. And granted, when you're training for the Olympics, that's all you're focused on. So it's not like, okay, you know, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to? No, everything I did from the moment I stepped off that plane in, in New York was I'm going to try to get to this, this moment. So, so how do I gain 50 pounds and, and kind of keep my speed and be functional? And so I yeah. Did, yeah. And so, so, you know, I, I, I went there, the coach saw me again. This is, this is going back to trying out for skeleton. Uh, Brian Scheimer, our head coach at the time was, who was a five time Olympian, won the silver medal in, in the, or the uh, bronze medal in uh, Salt Lake city games. He was the flag bearer for the closing ceremony. So I know this stuff and this guy is a straight hero in my mind. You know, you start seeing these Olympians walking around where as a collegiate athlete, you know, like, yo, that guy over there is an Olympian. It's crazy. Yeah. And now I'm just immersed with, they're everywhere. You know, they're every, this, that mentality is everywhere. That, that need for success, that expectation that you're going to be successful is everywhere in, in that building, in the Olympic training center in Lake Placid. So he was like, Hey, we, we like your speed, but we're going to need you to gain 50 pounds to be a brakeman, you know, for, for the Bobsled team. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that challenge accepted, you know, I'm going to get there. And, and that was really the biggest thing is, is how do I maintain my speed? How do I not put on really bad weight for, 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 you know, 50 pounds is, is tough. It's not going to be all muscle. It's not going to happen. Um, but how do I manage that? Because, you know, you don't want to put on bad weight when you're going to be wearing a spandex suit in front of a billion people. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, it was, yeah, I mean, that was my biggest challenge, but it's the Olympic games that, that, you know, it, it wasn't a like, Oh, this is fun. You know, I might, I'm going to, I'm going to call myself an Olympic hopeful just because I'm, you know, I came to this. No, I, I wanted to be an Olympic hopeful because I was actually on that bubble. I was actually training for that spot. And so, so it, my mind, my mindset, my, my attitude, everything that I was, was about was about walking into those opening ceremonies at, at Vancouver. Yeah, you're. Um, so, it, you said a quick eighteen month turnaround, but you're not. It's not a just half in, half out, going on vacation no. stuff like that. It's all in eighteen months, and the foundation laid from high school track and field till that point. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I from college, you know, going Boise State was was an incredible thing for me to kind of go there and run against you know some of these. In, in some of these bigger meets where, where I'm seeing some of the best sprinters, the best decathletes, the best throwers, the best distance runners, jumper, you know, all across the board, I'm now being able to see national champions train. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm side by side with people that are winning national championships and I, I, they're different. I mean, anyone that's ever trained with somebody that has a national championship or is at that caliber to be competing for a national championship understands that they got a little screw loose. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's the, the, the all they do is is eat, breathe, sleep, success. That's all it is. And so I got to see that, and that was what I kind of took with me to this. Because me, I was I was I was a good sprinter. You know, I wasn't I wasn't going to nationals. But I, I was decent. I, mean, I could I could hold my own at, at, at you know the regional meets and whatnot. But 
but I, I knew that I had to be the best version of myself to be at this. And the best version of myself not, might not be the necessarily the best sprinter or the best weightlifter, best football player, any of that. It's how do I become the best bobsledder, you know, the best skeleton athlete. And so, so it was a, you know, a challenge to myself. I, I had to buy in 100% around the clock that that's what I wanted. So what do those years in between Olympics look like? There's four years, obviously, in between, and you're kind of coming in this sport the first times, like 18 months, you're on the team, you're with Team USA, you're on both the two-man and the four-man, and not to overlook that first Olympics, but what, coming back the first time and then the second time, we're talking an eight-year span here, what are those type of training years like where you're not you're not on the ice every day, you're not in like Placid, I'm assuming every day for those four years, what, what goes on in those, those years in between the Olympic games for you? So that actually is the, the common misconception is, is that we aren't on the ice. So oh, all right, here we go. Year, Sorry. Yeah, this is it. We're ready. We're ready to throw it down every single year. We are, we're, you know, we have a full season, a full world cup season, a Europa cup season, which Europa cup is only in Europe. And then a North America's cup season, which Europa Cup and North America's Cup are a little bit more of the development level. So anybody first coming out into the sport will be going into those, kind of learning the sport in a little bit less stressful environment, you know, letting them actually just progress and, and mature in the sport. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we have world championships at the end of the year, uh, and, and the we go the same exact thing. So, so for us, we're training from about – May, maybe June, weightlifting. We know we're training weights, sprints, power, you know, explosiveness. That's what we're training all summer long. And then once we get to about October, we'll get on the ice in Lake Placid Park City. You know, we'll have our national team trials. We'll start ranking different teams within the U.S. program. And then we go to our various tours. You know, you're the World Cup or you're the national team or, you know, you go to where you're at. You go on your, your whole, the entire tour is about eight races, and then you have your world championships. It just so happens that every four years, instead of the world championships, there's the Olympic Games put in place. Same format, same everything. So every year for us feels the same. You know, when we get to the Olympics, we've been with those other teams. We've been with the Germans racing them, the Latvians, the Russians, the Canadians. We've been with them all season long. So... You know, we're kind of seeing what they're what they're unveiling, different equipment, different sleds, different brakemen are coming out. You know, who who's Olympic year is the fun one because everyone starts bringing out everything. You know, it's, it's sled testing, sled tech, you know, the, the newest, latest and greatest engineering feats come out Olympic year. And then that's that's really how we how we go. So it's. The, the old adage is not every four years is every day is is very very true you know right now we're we're going into two years out from from an Olympics but we have some athletes that are currently in college that you know are kind of on our recruiting bubble that aren't going to graduate until 2022 so they're going to come out the year after the games and kind of you know fill in the gaps people retire people go do military training you know there's a lot of different things that open up so this is but where we stand right now is when I entered the sport and I went to the next Olympics. This is exactly where, where I was. Right now, 12 years ago, I was 
just finishing up Boise State, and I was just getting ready to go try out at a at a combine. So, so somebody out there yeah. right now, somebody out there could go to the next Olympics right now. So I, I see you're already using you're you're doing your job right here of recruiting coordinators. So let's <laughs> let's know? hop into that. So we are like you said we're we're basically 18 months out. We're in the summer right now. We got till the Winter Games in 2022. Um, tell us about your role with recruiting coordinator with Team USA Bobsled, and then you can take it from there and keep recruiting right here because I love it. But um, yeah, yeah. So how yeah, long yeah. have you been the recruiting coordinator here for uh, Team USA Bobsled and Skeleton? So I've been a development coach after 2028 or 2018. I'm already jumping to 2028. After 2018, I, you know, I kind of, I hung up, I hung up my spikes, put my helmet away because I wanted to really work on, on my professional career. After my third Olympics, you know, I was getting kind of banged up and I wanted to, to, I knew I always wanted to be a coach. I, I knew that's the route I wanted to go at some point. Um, and so I figured that was a good point for me kind of to, to take a step back and and evaluate where I'm at uh, professionally and kind of went into my first year as a coach. You know, it was, it was, it's hard. It, frankly, it's really hard because now I'm coaching my competitors. So it's, you know, trying to build that trust, trying to build that camaraderie with guys that I had just been competing for Olympic spots against. Um, and we went into that role, really, really had an incredible time at that role uh, you know, we, we all talk about that, uh, that deep, dark depression that athletes fall in after their athletic careers are over. Yep. That terrified me. It absolutely terrified me. Um, because frankly, they all say your identity is not an athlete. My identity was as an athlete. I so, hear you. Um, I agree. I, you, you know, it, it's, it's that it's so easy for somebody that's not an athlete to say that, but everybody that's ever competed at a high level knows that that is our identity we, we thrive in that environment we we love the the victories and to be honest we kind of like those defeats because they bring us back to earth and let us regroup and reset so i knew i wanted to to share that with with kind of the development team so i was brought on as that development coach to travel with incoming rookies to to teach them the sport you know teach them the world cup standard of, of a development team. So this year we knew that we, we were going to take a little bit of a, of a more intense approach at, at recruiting. And so they, the team put me on a contract. I currently, you know, coach, I'm a head coach of a high school track team. I coach football and, and I have a lot of, you know, private clients that I work with. And so I'm around the recruiting stuff a lot, kind of hearing what they're going through, doing the social media and talking to coaches and whatnot. So, so I, being involved with that and hearing what, how it's evolved from when I re, was recruiting, you know, going through the recruiting the recruitment process back in 2000 and, you know, 2002, 2003, when social media and none of that stuff existed, it, it taught me a lot on, on kind of what athletes are looking for, you know, what, what kind of gets their, gets, gets their gears going to be honest so they put me on a uh, a short little couple month contract to really kind of spearhead this recruiting thing with uh, our director of development mike dion and we just we just work as such a good team to really go out there and talk to these athletes try to get athletes to come in and and come to our combines come into this sport 
because there's a lot of athletes that are now not necessarily not wanting to come out, but don't know that it's even an, an, an option. You know, don't even know that it's, it's there. And we've had, you don't know who you're going to show up to a combine with, you know, Girls just came to a combine and Lolo Jones is standing next to him. Yeah. You know, Lauren Williams is standing next to him and they're sitting there like, what is happening? Because those are the athletes, you know, that want, that they thrive in those situations. You know, maybe track is, is, you know, maybe kind of flickering out a little bit. Well, guess what? We have, we will take all of the tools and skills that you have in track and field and we will apply them to bobsled or skeleton. We will apply them to be successful in a different sport, whether you've grown up in the snow or you are, you know, from South Texas, California, wherever you're at, we will give you the tools to be successful in our sport. So that's, that's really, they, they see my passion to, to be there. And the fact that I've been able to be on some teams where five of my six brakemen as, as me being a driver, five of the six brakemen I've had over the, the two Olympics, uh, when I was when I was a driver, not my first one as a brakeman, but as, as a driver, it was it was their first Olympic Games. So I got to share that moment with five different people that that now get to forever have that title of Olympian, who who all came from other sports. That's the craziest thing. They're track athletes. I had a football player. I you know there was a there was a Green Beret that came out that that made our Olympic team. Um, we, we have some of the, the best athletes from, from different sports that just something didn't work out. You know, something, football players that go to combines and, you know, they might get on a practice squad and kind of be a journeyman around the league, get cut. And they're like, you know, I'm still in my mid-20s and I still have this passion to be successful and, and to be athletic and, and to be in competition. That's who we're looking for. We're looking for those athletes that aren't giving up on their athletic careers just yet you know how are they going to move forward because those are the best ones those are the ones that are going to sell out and give everything they have because they know how close their athletic career was to ending and so it's such a a cool thing to to be a part of that and to talk to these athletes and letting them know that it doesn't have to end if you don't want it to you know we will we will take you we will mold you you know we will we will bring you into this thing and and we will all, without people coming in, we can't be successful. So we're trying to be successful through them as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you t- talked about it earlier about you went for skeleton because you yourself were a, a smaller athlete and then you put on some weight. So what I'm asking here is like, what type of athletes are you looking for? And then also cover the typical bobsledder versus skeleton athlete. Like how does body tape change for uh, men and women? Or what the difference yeah, so, is there? So, yeah, I mean, really, any athlete that is strong, powerful, and fast needs to needs to go to bobsledskeletonrecruiting.com right now. Like that's the the number one first key, bobsledskeletonrecruiting.com because that's going to take you to our our number one kind of homepage for recruiting. It's going to tell you a lot more information than we'll probably cover in this. And it's just, it's a, a black hole of information on bobsled. Who's on the team? What are we looking for? You know, who, what backgrounds do people come from? What are the different combine tests that we do for, for our testing events? So all of that stuff is, is on 
BobFootScoutingRecruiting.com. But for for size wise and speed wise, it's you know we're looking for anyone between 140 to 240 pounds. You know we're we're in that range. For for women, it, it's again if you have the speed, the power, and the drive, we will find a spot for you. It's going to happen. You know it, 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 it. That's what we want. We want to find the strongest, fastest people possible, and the worst thing that happens is we, you know, somebody says no and, and there you go. Now the, the real bad thing is that you have a possibility and you don't fill out one of our, our athlete questionnaires. That's the biggest thing that somebody could do wrong. Um, but when it comes down to size, we we're, we're opening the floodgates to kind of put it in a, in a different thing. You know, we're going to, we will go through and we will vet. We don't, we don't want people to, to think that, I, you know, he said 140, but I'm 135, you know, I'm, uh, you know, so, so our biggest thing is if you are fast, you are strong, you are powerful and explosive, fill out, fill out our, our athlete questionnaire, fill out our athlete resumes and, you know, let us come to you, let us come and find you. And, and that's the number one way to do it because, because there is a lot of athletes out there that, some could make 2022, a lot will be making 2026. So when someone fills this out and you guys kind of go, go after them, obviously like you can write your credentials down and you know, whether they're a 60 meter person or a hundred meter person, um, what's, what's the next step? Are they invited to a camp? Are they told to do like an at home workout and document it? What's like a, you get a, you get a good applicant, what do you do? What do they do next? Or what does team USA bobsled do next? Um, so, so coach Dion, uh, coach Mike Dion and I will go through and we will, we'll start to kind of go through all the athletes go, you know, who are we going to contact first? And we, we actually have some, some pretty exciting news. Cause yeah, we normally we would have, have them come out to a combine, come out to a tryout, you know, a rookie push championships where we teach them how to push and then we let them all kind of, go up against each other in the little competition. Um, and so as athletes, we as a federation are doing the same thing with adapt or die. You know, we need to adapt our, our methodologies on, on recruiting and how we're going to get these athletes to get more of a widespread group of athletes. Cause we do have combines all over the country, but they're, you know, we're, we're, we can't do them now. So, so for right now with, with COVID-19 and everything happening, we are actually going to be offering virtual combines that we're going to be, you know, it's super exciting news for us because the reach of that, we're going to get so many more athletes that can do this. Um, so that's another thing, you know, they need to go to that bobsledskeletonrecruiting.com site because that's where all that information, all the tabs on, on USA bobsled, usabs.com, all of those tabs, we can kind of talk about the, the launch of our virtual combines and how that's going to happen. So that's going to be happening in the next, you know, few weeks to, to a month that's going to be happening. And we want to make sure that everyone kind of has that opportunity to, to get kind of fired up with it and, yeah. and, you know, have that opportunity. So, yeah, that's, that's very cool. Is it, so when you said in the two weeks to a month, is it like a certain day where you submit or that's when it kind of opens up and there's like this maybe six or eight week period to submit your video and results? Um, so it's, it's honestly in, in, a, in probably a, a week, we're going to start to really kind of 
make sure all of our ducks are in a row and we're going to start to really, you know, test it out. And then, yeah, we're going to launch it here in probably two weeks and it's going to be, it's going to be gung ho for, for probably about a month and a half, two months to kind of allow athletes to take time, you know, if they're training, great, you know, put up your videos. If you're not training, start training and then throw up some videos. Um, so it just gives us a thing. But at the end of the day, that's great recruiting. You know, we can see athletes run. We can see them throw medicine balls. There's going to be a bunch of different stuff that we can see once once we have uh, officially launched that. But it really comes back to you. no matter what with the combines and, and all that stuff, you're going to have to fill out one of those athlete questionnaires, one of those athlete resumes. Because that's the way for Coach Dion and myself to contact you, to come find you, you know, have Team USA in your inbox talking about what is the next step, you know, what what do I need to do from here? Um, and the only way we can get that information to you is if you do fill out those athlete questionnaires. Yeah, no, that that sounds cool. I think you guys might be sifting through some bad applicants but obviously that's the point is to have applicants Absolutely. in general but i mean Absolutely. you you guys might find the diamond in the rough as well exactly that and that's what we want you know we're not not everyone is going to be uh, a ryan bailey or a lolo jones or a lauren williams or a lana myers taylor you know it, it is and that's that's the other thing it's not only track and football that we recruit from that's that's you know that's another thing it's like oh it's just track and football our top women, uh, top female pilot right now, and her breakman. Our top female driver was a softball player in college. Our top breakman in you know in the world, a medalist in the Olympic Games, played volleyball in college. So don't don't think that is you know I don't have these. Fill it out. I promise. Just fill out the the athlete resumes. Like I can't stress that enough. You know we. We will be so happy to go through and and kind of be like you know it's just it's yes or no you know yeah. we're not going to kind of sugarcoat it we're going to give it to you we're going to give it to you straight and and try not to waste all, you know much of your time but for for ten minutes of your time to fill out an athlete questionnaire it, it could change your entire life. Yeah, so let, let's talk. I mean, you kind of briefly just did right there with the softball and the volleyball. Let's get into some some of the crossover athletes. I mean, it might be safe to say like everybody kind of is a crossover athlete to some capacity. Not mm-hmm. not bobsledding in high school as a sport. Not bobsledding in middle school as a youth activity like t ball and every other every other ball sport there is in youth track. So. Um, for example, Evan Weinstock, he's been on the show several times, track guy, decathlete, yep. um, football in high school. And then you mentioned Lauren Williams and Lolo Jones, two track Olympians, now also winter Olympians with bobsled. Um, you can go on about those guys. And then any, I mean, not even in the last uh, Olympic cycle, but just from your time, American or any athlete that you've seen have, I don't know, freaky success from, uh, from their sport and then moving on to bobsled. I mean, we've had all kinds of athletes come out. We've had American gladiators come out. We've had big wave surfers come out. We've had, uh, you know, race car drivers want to come out. We, we, we have so many different sports because, frankly, it's when one career ends, this one begins. And, and there are a lot of crossover aspects. Just because you ran track in college 
doesn't mean you have not been training for bobsled that entire time. You maybe not have thought about it like that, but that's exactly what you're doing because when you come to the training center and you start training with bobsledders, yeah, we're not doing, you know, repeat 150s, 250s, 300s. We're not doing that stuff. We're doing, you know, short, powerful stuff. And we will make you strong. We will make you extremely powerful. We have the the team to do it from from our head coach Mike Kahn, our CEO uh, Aaron McGuire. We we have the tools. You know, we have the the staff there of of success to to really give any the fact that all of our coaches, you know, our, our driving coaches, our, our immediate coaches, they're all Olympians. They'll have Olympic medals. Like, it's unbelievable. You know, that's who is teaching us to be successful bobsledders. So just because, yeah, we, one person in the last Olympics for, for bobsled and skeleton, one grew up bobsledding in upstate New York. Just one. How does one that's, grow up bobsledding? What? <laughs> uh, so, so, so they actually do have a youth bobsled program. Really? In, <laughs> yeah, in yeah, one state? Or how many states in America have that? Uh, it's really upstate New York is, is really the only one. There's because still like a junior there. program. Yeah, it's, you grew up there and you kind of go there and you get, I guess, PE credits or, or something. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so they kind of do a junior Bob program. And, and it, it's such a cool thing because now with the Youth Olympic Games, they have that in there. You know, there's 16-year-olds driving bobsleds down there and, and that's kind of a, a cool feeder system for, for some other athletes that, you know, maybe they – they're not doing track and field or, or football in high school. And maybe we're going to get some lifetime bobsledders. Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah. But right now, but right now on our team, we have, uh, Kendall Westenberg played soccer in college. Um, we have Meg Henry played field hockey. Savannah Grable played field hockey. Um, we have a countless number of athletes that did track and football, you know, across the board. Uh, a couple, a couple, a softball player, the volleyball player, like I mentioned earlier. It's if if your sport is has something to do with speed, power, and explosiveness, you're gonna be successful in bobsled, and we just need you to come out so we can teach you how to get there. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think some people might be listening, and they they might get like a little jacked up, and then they're like, "Wait, you just said somebody like Ryan Bailey, a guy that's been on the Olympic four by one. He's six yeah. two, and he runs nine eighty something. And it's like, okay, well, I might be six two, I might be within ten pounds of Ryan Bailey, but I run ten four, I run ten five. Now, can you explain?" some of the success, like it obviously 10, four, 10, five is fast, but it's not Ryan Bailey fast, but there's people that, um, have success when pushing, I'm going to say an implement, but obviously pushing the sled in different ways. Like what's, I don't, uh, backing up that you wouldn't discourage somebody that quote only runs 10, six from trying to become an Olympian because they, they might see somebody going nine, eight and it discourages them from trying out. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, if you come out here and you're 230 pounds, 220 pounds, and you can run an 11 flat, you're going to be successful somewhere. You you will get on some team. You know, it's we don't we don't need everyone to come out here running nine eights and nine nines. We understand that that is not realistic. You know, we when we say that, we're just trying to say names that are you know yeah. people people know. 
Um, but that's, again, those are the people you're going to see come through the doors. And those are the people that are going to be on your team to help push you. Ryan Bailey was my brakeman in, in a race. And I had a torn hamstring, and this guy pushed me to tie the start record without me doing anything, you know, in a race. So, so he is an anomaly in itself. You know, he's just one of those genetic freaks that we, we were able to, to grab for, for, a, for a period of time. So that's, we, we understand not everyone is Ryan Bailey. You know, there are a vast number of other athletes that we are, we are looking for to, to try and bring in. And again, all they have to do is fill out the questionnaire. That's all they have to do. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we have guys that come out with zero track. We had one of the guys on my team between the, uh, right around the 2014, 15 season in 2016, he was a national team member and he didn't do any collegiate athletics. He was a fireman. (laughs) So, so it's not like we need you to be, you know, I, Oh, I didn't go to nationals and track. I'm not fast enough. We will let you know if you're not fast enough, let us make that call. Don't, don't you make that call. Let us tell you that call after we give you an opportunity to come out, show us your speed let us give you the tools to be successful. Because, again, a lot of people don't have – they haven't just been training. Not everyone is a pro athlete right now. You know, they have school. They have to you know, balance all that stuff. Let us bring you in. Let us let you be a professional athlete where all you do around the clock is worry about your performance. Watch the time start to fall off. You know, watch everything start to fall into place when you have that opportunity to be successful. Where you're only stressed – is the the stress you put on yourself. Yeah. So what's the trajectory if things work out that goes in between like, okay, they fill this questionnaire and now I'm getting way ahead of myself, but like you're on the Olympic team. So I assume like if you, you do well at a combine, it's not like you get signed to this Nike deal or Under Armour deal or whatever deal immediately. Like there's, there's things to, there's things to cover in between. So from, from questionnaire to combine, to making teams and then you said like that year to year like when it's not an olympic year you said it's similar schedule what is somebody i guess getting into in terms of obviously they want to make the olympic team and that's what they're trying to get into what are some of the pieces whether high and low that goes in between all that yeah so i mean okay so you fill up the athlete questionnaire you get invited to a combine a tryout you know, whatever it is, and, and we're going to try to get you now with the virtual combines, you don't even have to necessarily leave your house. You know, you could be right there. Um, we will, we will then contact you only if we have that questionnaire though. We will, we will contact you and we will invite you to a rookie push camp or rookie push championships, kind of depending on, on where we are, where we're at. And we'll spend a week. We'll teach you how to push, you know, it's kind of a team building thing. You know, that we're, we're bringing in 20, 30 athletes all in the same boat, all coming from different sports. A lot of them have competed against each other. So now we're bringing a lot of these athletes in and we're, we're, we're doing team building stuff. You know, we're going on, we're in the Adirondack Mountains. It's beautiful. We go to the lake, we do different stuff, but we teach them how to push the sled. We teach them how to do skeleton. We teach them how to do bobsled. We teach them how to, frankly, do both because, Maybe you're, maybe you're just, you think you're for bobsled, your size wise is for bobsled, but you just get the skeleton so much more than bobsled. And that's the path you want to go. I mean, it happens, it happens every year for us. 
And so we'll bring you into that. We'll bring you into a, a push championships and we will see just how well you do, how well can you grasp the concept of pushing this sled down a hill? You know, how are we going to do this? So we have a, a push track, a sled on rails, nice little Mondo surface, and we push it. We'll time you and, and we go through it all. And then those that are really successful, we will bring into a national push championships against our national team athletes. And that's where you kind of start to see like, okay, these athletes are light years ahead of me, but that's just because they've been doing it longer. You know, if I, if I taught somebody how to do blocks today, you know, in the hundred meters and they start looking at somebody that lines up next to them, that's been doing blocks for 10 years. Yeah. There's going to be a little bit of variance between those. Yeah. Two. Yeah, absolutely. Same, same thing with pushing, you know, some people just get it right away and some people need a little extra time to, to figure it out. And that's what we want to do. We want to kind of see where you're at, but that's where drivers we're all, we're, we're, we're up there, you know, we're, we're kind of the managers of the team. You know, we, we are the scouts. We pick and choose our own teams every single year and we live and die by those teams. So not only can you be just a freak athlete, but we, we kind of need somebody we want to be with, you know, somebody that's a team player, somebody that's going to be a, to bring all of team USA up and not suck us all down. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not trying to have somebody to suck the energy out of our team. And so all that stuff matters. You know, we're, we're really trying to see who's going to mesh well in, in these small groups. Cause when we go on tour, we're all together. Um, and so we will go to those camps. We'll go to the push championships, rookie push championships, uh, national team push championships. Teams will be selected. And then those teams will start training together and then they'll get ready for national champions or for uh, national team trials. And, and then a, if you're on one of those sleds, you could go on the World Cup that year. Is that is that all based in Placid to begin with? Like, is it is it get to Placid once once like a combine and stuff like that? Like, if if this if it keeps working out for someone, is it are they kind of in Lake Placid for this entire process? Is there camps elsewhere or what's before uh, I guess the World Cup tour, once again we're getting ahead of like assuming the trajectory is is someone like is having success and they keep going. Where's most of this uh, training happen? All at Placid? Um, a lot of it will happen in Lake Placid. You know, we might do some stuff out in Park City, Utah, but a lot of it will okay. be up in, in Lake Placid. So you know, that's that's kind of our home base. We're building a nice, I mean, incredible new facility that that makes me want to come back and be an athlete because yeah. It's going to be an indoor ice house. So it's going to be the countries that have indoor ice houses are, are far superior than those that don't. And, and so an indoor ice house is just what it sounds like. You are running on ice. You're very comfortable being a track athlete, football player, running on kind of a dry land surface. And so we're getting these rookies, and, you know, they're, they're really good on the, on the push track. But once we get on ice, now it's a little bit different, you know, it, Really, the running doesn't change at all. You know, our spikes are look like track spikes, just a little bit different. But, you know, it's just more of a mental thing. So now we're going to be able to get athletes on ice right away and and start to create that confidence in running before before they're racing in, in front of their teammates. So, so it's going to add a whole new level of, of ele- elevating our game yeah. by having this, you know, against the world. So it, it is a cool, a cool thing that we're going to have, and and to really 
get different athletes a lot of experience and some people need more more time to learn than others and this will allow us to give them that time to be successful so i've seen the the outdoor one or the you know like the mondo track one where you push you guys can time it it's the same setup as a bobsled but it's on like you know a dry surface with track spikes and then correct me if i'm wrong but it kind of almost when the track ends and the athlete is in the bobsled they go back up a hill so it kind of just gets sent back it's like it's it's just for the push are you are you describing the ice house is essentially the same thing where we're not going down an entire track here but it's it you're you're doing the entire start as real as it gets yeah, yeah, we're we're looking at the start. I mean, the the old the old saying is you can't win a race at the start, but you can definitely lose the race at the start. Yeah. Same thing in track, you know, same same exact thing. And and we want to make sure that we are all fire. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of a second. Four four men jumping into a sled and we're working on velocity, we're working on that that load. You know, we have two women trying to perfect Every hundredth of a second, we, we need that ice house. We need to be on, on the ice, pushing as a team, helping each other get successful. So it, it's, that's when we have kind of the most fun being bobsledders because we get to just kind of enjoy pushing, enjoy being a team, enjoy training and helping each other out. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll be filming each other. And frankly, bobsled is a big family. And it's not just the U.S. team. It's U.S. team and the world. We're with each other almost six months out of the year. We might as well be friends. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, yeah, when we're on the ice, I don't care who you are or what sled you're in, I want to beat you. And that's just how it is. It's no hard feelings, but that's me. And that is a lot of other athletes. But the second we're done, you know, it's, we're, we're all friends again. You know, we're, we're all, we're all there. I will come up and I'll shake your hand, win, lose, draw, whatever it is. And, and that's the same that goes with all the other countries. I mean, if, if you beat someone, it, it's, it's a very cool feeling to create these relationships with, you know, these German bobsters who are legitimate heroes in their country. You know, I would never have been friends with a bunch of Russians in my life. They're not just walking around California, yeah, yeah. but I now have all these friends from all over the world, all because I filled out a questionnaire <laughs> going all the way back to, I filled out a questionnaire and now I've traveled the world. I've gone to three Olympic games. I have countless world cup medals and I have friends from, from everywhere that I can, you know, they come here to California and visit. I'll go visit them in, in different countries. And that's just, because of a, because of a, a a family joke, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to try this out. What 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 harm could it do? No, absolutely. That, yeah, I mean, talking three Olympic teams and just starting out as a track athlete. Yeah, the story you've painted is all. Yeah, no, it it, it sounds worth. It. And obviously, you're still working within the sport right now. And we're talking what twelve years later. Yeah, it, like I'm I'm here because. I absolutely love this sport. I, I do. It, it again. It's not. It's not because I, I grew up in it and my my family was hardcore fans and this is just what I. It's not like that. I, I came into it after college, and the culture and the the team and the staff and being around other athletes that are like minded. 
that's what I want. I want to surround myself with people that success isn't just something that they're like, ah, it is what, but that's the expectation. That's who I have surrounded myself with this entire time. And frankly, that's, that's, that's why I was able to make three Olympic teams that, and if I didn't, if I didn't kind of just be like, well, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that happened, I went to three Olympic games. That sounds yeah. pretty good for the worst that happened. So, you know, not everyone's going to have the same success story as myself or a lot of others, but who's to say it can't happen for, for somebody else. You know, I'm, I will never tell someone that the Olympics are, will not happen because it happened for me. You know, my career was over. You know, I was, I was applying for jobs because it was done. And then I got 10 more years of a career out of it. Yeah. The, the best part of my entire career, mind you. Yeah, absolutely. So when people are considering this, um, they should know, obviously, like you said, it takes a lot of focus work. It's going to, it's different than what they've been used to, but obviously like if it can pan out the right way, you, you wouldn't regret a thing. Um, when, and now you're saying training for team USA is kind of be enhanced. When is this ice house again being, being made? Uh, they're, they're building it right now. So it should be either up this year or next year. Amazing. And so, and you think that's going to be huge for the team? It's uh, huge. It, it, it will, it will, I mean, we're already one of the, the top teams in the world. This will now make us the team to beat. You know, it will give us the tools to get athletes in on the ice right off the bat. The Canadians, they are very, very good. The Germans are very, very good because they have an ice house. So they can train athletes from day one on the ice. We, we don't have that opportunity yet, but in a year and a half, two years, we will. Not even, it might even be done by, I mean, we, it was supposed to be done by February, but with, with COVID slowing everything down, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure where that progress is. But before 2022, that thing is going to be open, and the U.S. team, the, the rest of the world better take notice because we're going to have a lot of athletes that no one around the world has heard of that are going to be making a name for themselves in the next two years. Well, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to hear about that. I'm excited for Team USA. Um, I want you, if you could, repeat their website, obviously, one last time. Absolutely. I'm sure they got it now. And then anything else that like we might not have covered, but you think an athlete should know. Um, I know we know step one, but please just tell us the website one more time. Yeah, yeah, it's bobsledskeletonrecruiting.com. Super easy, just bobsledskeletonrecruiting.com. It'll, it'll take you to our recruiting page where all the information is, it has everything from what are we looking for? It has athletes that are currently on the team explaining different events, different combine stuff, uh, you know, what to, what to expect, what to look for. It's all on there. And, and you know, go through, tuck, click every little tab, be, be a student of the game, you know, come in here knowing what, what to expect, because that's going to frankly put you ahead of a lot. If you, if you kind of know, well, what, you know, what's on the combine prepare for the combine um let us know who you are get a hold of us write write us you know let let us do the the hard work you just go on bobsledskeletonrecruiting.com fill out the athlete questionnaire and let us do the the heavy legwork of you know coming through and 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 coming back to you and, and letting you know the next step don't don't go searching for, you know, I can't find the calendar, so I don't want to fill this out. Fill it out. It could be your, it 
could be the reason why you're going into the next Olympics. Well, I, I, I went to the website right now, and I see the first video is my buddy, my pal, Evan Weinstock, on this page. Yep, exactly. So, Complete stud. There what you, a stud. Absolutely. Um, now I'm scrolling through the page right now. I'm being goofy right now. I do want people to actually go to this, but I'm trying to see. Yes, perfect. How did you find out about USA bobsled? Name, uh, yeah, uh, the athletic experience is how <laughs> this podcast is how people found out from this one right now. But no. Exactly. Yep, it is right down the podcast. <laughs> Well, Nick, no, I really appreciate the time. Um, this is really fun. I'm excited about the Ice House and the increased uh, training enhancements you guys will have. Um, and I hope people listening to this, whether they're obviously a lot of decathletes, but people within the track and field world and outside of that, just athleticism in general, will find themselves on this page and uh, male, female, track and field or other. Um, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you know, tell tell your friends, tell everyone. Uh, my, you can get at me on on Twitter. Uh, you know, that's oh, we do a lot of recruiting off of Twitter. Uh, my name is just Bob Sledder. It's just Bob Sled with the letter R at the end. Super easy. You know, if you have any questions, have any comments, anything, you have any trouble with the, with the website or, or kind of navigating it, throw me a message. Like I I will be your personal. Per, you know your personal assistant to get you in, in into the system and and moving forward into this program sounds great nick i appreciate the time i appreciate it thank you all right we're out of here